0: I can still hear Mike Shannon's voice. The Shoe Man steps to the plate. Skip Schumacher, who was instrumental in a lot of big Cardinal games, Cardinal moments. Now the Miami Marlins manager, and boy, they're tearing it up by all standards, Miami standards. They're in the National League East, where you have the perennial power Atlanta, the big spending Mets. The Phillies, big spending, and last year's National League champions. And yet Skip's Marlins are one of the teams baseball's buzzing about right now. Over five hundred. They're winning a lot of close games. They're an exciting team. Skip down to played for the Cardinals, was the bench coach a year ago. And, you know, a lot of folks with keeping an eye on the Cardinals are saying, What what's going on with that team? What happened? Well, I think it's true and fair to point out that Ali Marmal had some key pieces of his staff that are missing, not just Mike Maddox, the pitching coach, Skip Schumacher, the bench coach, in addition to Pujols and Molina not being in that dugout. And I'm getting off on a sidebar tangent here, but that's a lot of veteran voices in a dugout who can chime in during the course of a game, during the course of a season that are missing for Ali Marmol right now. It doesn't explain why the Cardinals are god-awful. But it does point out that Skip Schumacher was a valuable piece last year and now having a great run. First-year manager, and I recently had him on my radio show, The Kill Coin Conversation. We're very creative in the naming around here. That show is nightly from 6 to 7 p.m. on KTRS Radio. There's an app for it, so every night, if you want, tune in at 6 p.m. on the KTRS app. But Skip joined the show to talk about his time in St. Louis, Friendship with Matt Holiday. And when Matt Holiday was going to get into coaching, took a job with the Cardinals, I think there was some thought he might go to Miami because he and Skip Schumacher are really close. Uh, but looking back on playing for La Russa and the St. Louis Connections, being a first time manager, what that's all about. So Skip Schumacher is on the Killcoin Conversation, coming to you from the Pasta House Studios, newest location, corner of Manchester and Woodlawn. You've heard me say it for a while. Kids eat free on Sundays. Any adult over 18 with a kid, that kid's eating free. What a great deal. All the food's fresh every single day. If you haven't been to the Pasta House in a while, get back to your neighborhood Pasta House or order online at pastahouse.com. Appliance discounters, biggest names, lowest prices. It's real simple. General Electric has a lot of great rebates available. I always recommend just go to the website, theappliancediscounters.com. Go into the search engine, type in General Electric and see what kind of deals you can get. The slogan's been this way for a long time. Their savings are your savings. So whatever they can save for you, they will. They do the price checking around town. What are the big box stores charging for that same appliance? They'll put it right there on the price tag so you can see just how much you're saving. Biggest names, lowest prices, theappliancediscounters.com. Marie de Villa senior living. They're at the corner of Clayton and Wideman Road. They've been there since 1960. It's a campus as much as anything. You can take a virtual tour Mariedavila.com. maybe it's mom and dad, aunt and uncle. somebody's starting to think about the retirement years. They have the Villa estates. You're living on your own but you can enjoy all the great benefits of Marie de Villa, the great food, the activities, or assisted living, all different levels of care at Marie de Villa Senior Living in west county and triad bank a longtime sponsor of the kill Coin conversation saw the ceo jim regna on monday he was supporting our marquette alumni golf outing five-star rated bank been around since 2005 st louis based original locations on clayton road that's in frontenac second locations on olive just west of 270 websites triadbanking.com if you're a business owner in town struggling with the banks and just getting the runaround. Talk to the folks who are based right here in town, and that is Triad Bank. And now our visit with Skip Schumacher. Right now on the Kilcoin Conversation, a Cardinal favorite who is now the manager of the Miami Marlins, Skip Schumacher, on the line with us, and it's uh, a maiden voyage as a manager. I know you've been on the doorstep coaching with the Padres and then with the Cardinals last year. Give the folks in St. Louis an idea what it's been like in that position to actually be the guy. Well,
1: initially it was a lot. Um, I didn't know anybody in the organization from the front office to the clubhouse guys. So, you know, just building those relationships, um, you know, was the majority of my off season and trying to figure out who was on our team, what the minor leagues look like, the analytic department. Um, you know, there, there was just a lot, to, a lot of phone calls, a lot of Zoom calls. But now that the season has gotten going and the spring training is, is over, uh, starting to get into rhythm and a routine, and, and it feels like baseball again.
0: I wondered in the offseason if there was not a bidding war financially, but emotionally tugging. I figured in one corner I had Ollie trying to get Holiday, and then I had Skip over here trying to get Holiday. Was Matt ever an option? And I know he ended up not doing it eventually, but was he ever an option for you down there?
1: Yeah, Matt and I talked um, about it when I initially got the position, but I also knew that um, Ollie you know, had him on his radar and uh, you know, we're both – all three of us are such good friends. And the last thing I wanted to do was, you know, create, uh, you know, some dynamic where we we weren't friends anymore because he wanted them or I wanted them, whatever it was. So I just, I told, you know, all, you know, Ollie and I talked and, um, you know, felt like, you know, Matt being in St. Louis was definitely uh, the move, you know, early on in the off season. And, um, you know, and the other part of it is, is I needed someone with, uh, you know real experience in that bench coach role and as great as I think that is, and it's going to be um, as a rookie manager I needed somebody you know that was probably that had that experience already so I think it, it was going to work out um, you know better if, if he was going into St. Louis uh, initially anyway.
0: Are you enjoying the maybe not anxiety but just kind of the pressure of being the manager is there a little bit of a high or anxiousness with each game?
1: Uh, I think a little bit. Um, you know, you just you try to get the best version out of your players every day and you try to pre- get them prepared as much as possible. And in the end, you just try to put them in the best spot to succeed and you try to give them the right game plans. And and, you know, just like I, you know, I was the player. I always felt like the manager put me in the best spot to perform and to succeed, whether I did it or not. I just that's another story. But um, but I just always felt that way when I played, and so I try to do that with with our team and our club. But as far as the anxiety, no, I don't. I don't think so. I don't think it's any different uh, than a bench coach because you know I, Ollie and I had such a good relationship, and we always bounce ideas off each other. And um, you know, I always prepared like I was going to manage just in case Ollie got tossed, and, and that's kind of how he probably prepared when he was the bench coach with Schilt. So that that part hasn't really changed. I think there's more interviews post game um, and pre-game, but that's about it.
0: What about influences managerial-wise? You had Tony La Russa for a long time in St. Louis. I think one year with Matheny, you went to the Dodgers. That would have been Mattingly. I think, was Dusty gone when you got to the Reds? He was. It was Brian Price. Brian Price. Okay, so what did you take along the way? How much of those folks that you played for influencing you now?
1: Well, first of all, I, I still talk to every one of them. Uh, and so every one of them has, uh, a, you know, I take away from, from them is the relationship part of it. And this and you know, they've always they all of them pushed me to be, um, you know, when I was down or you know didn't think I could do something. They always pushed me, and, and I always had a belief that I could do it, uh, even if I was down. Whether it was the move to second base, um, you know, being a bench player, in a pinch hit role, whatever it was, um, I just felt like the, those managers always had my back, and so I always took that away. If, uh, you know, if I was going to coach or manage one day, to, rem- to remember how hard this game is, number one and to remember that you know this is a relationship based sport and all sports are and um if you have those relationships then you can get the most out of the guys and i felt like you know i was i was pushed um and you know challenged every day by each one of them but i also had um a really good relationship with them so it didn't feel like it was an attack it just felt like you know they were trying to get the best uh, out of me
0: i feel like tony Respected how you went about it and prepared and you were willing to play different positions. did you guys ever get into it? I'm trying to think he had a lot of feuds along the way, myself included, but did you ever get sideways with the skipper?
1: No, not, never did. Um, you know I was very lucky I had a great relationship with Tony. Um, I trusted him, and you know I, I think when I did make the move from the outfield to the infield, he protected me, and he didn't let me lose the game for us. And you know if it was the game was on the line in the seventh inning, or you know with five five to four game, we're winning. He wasn't going to let me ruin the game or or lose a game. You know by me playing second base, and he and he pushed me out in the outfield. And I always felt like he just um, whether it was spring training or um, you know whatever it was, he just he he protected his players so well. And you know did he have? You're going to have your your um, your disconnect with some players along the way. I mean he, he coached. Managed for so long. Of course, there's going to be a couple um, arguments, but um, I never had that with Tony. I just always felt like um, he had my back and protected me, and and every guy on our team that I played with. And I can't I can't think of too many guys that he uh, you know ha- had arguments with um, you know during his tenure there in St.
0: Louis. Skip Schumacher, our guest here on the Kilquint conversation, the Miami Marlins manager, and uh, your team's off to a pretty good start. That's a tough division. How do you approach it when you know? The Braves are really good. The Mets spend a ton of money. Phillies are probably a sleeping giant. That's that's a tough place to go to battle every night, isn't it, in the NL East?
1: It is. Uh, for my money, it's the best division in the league. Um, it's just, you know, the Mets are, are so talented. The Braves, I thought last year, was the best team that we faced when I was in St. Louis, um, just top to bottom rotation position player-wise. The bullpen was so good, and um, you know, then, then they added, you know, Murphy uh, this year. So, I, I, you know, they're they're a super talented team. They're well-managed uh, and coached. Um, so that that's a monster. And then obviously the, uh, you know, the, the reigning National League champion uh, Phillies are, you know, getting Harper back here soon. So it, it is a nasty division, um, but we can't look at it as, as that. You know, we have, we feel like we have really good pitching that always will keep us in the game. Um, our offense hasn't clicked yet um you know we're hoping to get some more out of some of our guys um but it's early um but you know luckily our pitching and our bullpen has kept us in almost every game
0: see i thought in the offseason the deal should be either the marlins can have you to manage or you can have holiday to be a coach but we get alcantara back tell everybody in st louis we we knew that name when he was coming along obviously part of the ozuna deal that's a pretty special talent when you can roll him out every five days
1: He is, you know, and I'd I'd like to think, and and so what? And Sandy would probably tell you this too: is you know, the Cardinals had something to do with his maturity and his development, and you know, he saw what you know the what the minor leagues did to him, and kind of shows what you know what Wainwright and Carpenter and those guys look like. If you want to be an ace, it's what you got to do, and um, and that's what he's doing here. I mean, this guy is relentless in the weight room. His preparation is off the charts. we put him in the middle of two of our young pitchers in the locker room for a reason to show what work ethic and preparation does look like. Um, you don't talk to him on game day, similar to Carpenter and Wainwright. Um, so there's a lot of similar traits to what you know we had in St. Louis, and, and hopefully that um, rubs off on some of the young guys so we can keep this a sustainable pitching winning culture, you know, a lot like St. Louis has had throughout the years.
0: I have to correct you. We didn't talk to Carpenter the day before, the day of the day. <laughs> like <a> Very, very <laughs> rare occasions. Now, Wainwright most times, even on the days, but you can't shut him up. Uh, that's a teammate of yours from back in the day. Surprised, shocked that he's still going?
1: Um, not surprised. I think, you know, um, because he's he's been really good still. Um it's just like Charlie Morton, who we just faced yesterday. He's still really good. I, I think at 30 at bats against Charlie Morton, he's still dominating. So, um, yeah, I think uh, I, I'm not surprised because he's such a competitor. And I think there's, you know, there's some real numbers out there that I think if he if he gets, he's going to be Hall of Famer. Um, and so I think uh, that probably has something to do with it. Haven't discussed that with him at all. So I'm just you know talking off the cuff here, but. Um, you know, he, to me, Wainwright has had a Hall of Fame career, not just Hall, uh, Cardinal Hall of Fame. And I think there he still has something left. I don't think he would just come back just to get a couple wins to achieve those numbers. I think he really feels that he's still a top of the, you know, he can really help a team win a World Series, and, and that's why he came back.
0: And When you've won as a player, 2011, how much does that help you understand, like, what it takes to talk to guys and explain it? And even that team – Maybe it didn't come together till later, and it doesn't happen you know, in April or May, but you know all of a sudden you've got that pedigree. Because you've been on a championship-type team, do you think you can always sort of talk about what it takes?
1: Yeah, because you can you trust the process, right? You don't just you don't live and die by one of the games or one of the series in, in April. You trust the process, and, and you, know, you try to identify coaches that know what winning looks like to become part of your staff so you can influence that in the clubhouse. And if you don't have that, then you have an issue. And so, you know, luckily we have a uh, you know a, a staff that has been from you know the Dodgers and a couple other places that have won the last few years and um, and understand what a winning organization or what it takes to win that day looks like. And so, hopefully that can influence the guys in our clubhouse and and just like uh, you guys have in st louis
0: now in 2011 you should be best known for driving in the lone run in the game five with carpenter halliday the famous nlds game five in philly tremendous game cardinals history you drive in the lone run i think more people still talk about the squirrel at bat shouldn't it be the reverse
1: <laughs> you got to be known for something right and unfortunately <laughs> for me it's the squirrel but uh but I'll take it, you know, it's uh, you know, it's only funny because we won the World Series, right? I don't think anybody would remember the squirrel if we lost. So, I'll take it because we won.
0: Did you get a ring in 06 cuz you were on that team, right, for a while?
1: I did. Yeah, I was I was a cheerleader on that 06 team, but it was a really good experience for me to watch, you know, the playoffs and be on the bench for 05 and and 2006 and kind of see, you know, uh You know, the preparation, the playoffs, and the atmosphere, and it it really did prepare you just in case you got there again, which we all plan to when you're in the St. Louis Cardinal organization. And plus, in 2006, my sister met Anthony Reyes, and they're married with kids now, so it's kind of a cool story.
0: And he ended up becoming a firefighter, right, in SoCal?
1: Yes, Yeah, yeah, he's a captain now.
0: Oh, that's a great story. And in 2011, I always heard it was the Three Amigos. It was you, Holiday, and then David Freeze, and you guys would pay for his cab and pay for his dinner. You guys took him under your wing, and all of a sudden, he became a big shot. What do you remember about that run with David in October of 2011?
1: I I mean, so many things. The way he grew up, um, you know, throughout the year and you know Matt Holiday obviously was a huge influence on him. I would say yeah, us three went out, but I would say Matt paid for most of the dinners. <laughs> so, um, but uh, yeah, he uh, you know just he turned into a, just a really good person, and um, and you know he had some some issues. We all have our issues, you know, kind of off the field stuff. And he just turned into just a wonderful person, teammate, and um, so happy for him and where he's at in his life currently. But in that 2011 run. Um, just remembering uh, the big hit after big hit. And, you know, when you win those World Series, you don't. it's never usually the superstar, right, that wins the MVP. It's always that uh, kind of second-tier player. And I don't want to say, like, he was a second-tier player at all, but, you know, when you have Albert and Lance Berkman and Yachty and Holiday – you know, you expect those guys to win an MVP, but we don't. We don't get to the World Series uh, without without uh, David Fries. and um, just I just love the way he grew up that year and throughout the years
0: in St. Louis. I think he'd be a great coach. I mean, I don't know that he wants to ever do it. And if he goes to LA. I mean, he was having big, big postseason hits for them. It's like it was just in his DNA. I doubt it. I mean, I shouldn't say I doubt it. I don't know if he wants to coach, but I think he'd have a lot to offer.
1: No, there's no doubt about it. Um, Just because of all the stuff he's been through, and there's nothing that he hasn't seen. Um, And he turned himself into a pretty damn good third baseman. So I think he's, um, I think any organization would be lucky to have him. Um, I'm not sure if he wants to jump in. This job is kind of crazy and takes a lot of time away from your family, but. He, uh, but he would be a, an asset to any organization.
0: How about Miami for your family? Will they get down there this summer? I mean, it's it's not a bad place to be in terms of you got the ocean right there. and I know you're trying to cultivate a baseball following, but tell me a little bit about it. For you, it's a lot of work, but ultimately for the family having a little chance to live down there.
1: Yeah, they'll come out after school. I didn't want to uproot them from there. Um, high school, my sons in high school and my daughter is in seventh grade. So I didn't want to uproot them from their friend group and my wife from her, her life, uh, in, in Orange County, California. So, uh, they've come out a couple times already. They'll meet me on the road. And then when the summer, uh, kicks in, my son plays travel ball. He'll actually play a couple games with Ethan holiday, um, uh, here in Florida. And which will be pretty exciting and, and watch them, uh, compete with each other, uh, for a few tournaments. But, um, I do think that they'll spend some time in, in Florida, a couple months, but it's not something that I want to uproot and move them to yet because, you know, baseball you just don't know. And, um, you know, that I uproot them and move them, and all of a sudden I'm, I'm out in Miami. So we'll see what happens and uh, take it, you know, one step at a time.
0: Well, and I heard Ethan Holiday. We know Jackson goes number one overall, but that, that he, Ethan's a monster, right?
1: Ethan is, and um, I don't want to say he could be better than Jackson because he was, he, he's he's one one, but um, Ethan has just got you know stuff that you can't teach. He's got the size, the strength, um, the personality is, is ten out of ten. He's just a fun kid; everyone loves being around him. Um, but he's just a really good player, and uh, it, he's the size. He's going to be the size of Matt. Um, he's is bigger than Jackson already. Um, so it wouldn't shock me if he went 1-1 as well.
0: All right, last one for the Marlins manager, former Cardinal Skip Schumacher. I like to look at Wikipedia, and sometimes things are true, sometimes they're not. But it has that anecdote that you ran into Tommy Lasorda and Oral Hershiser when you were a kid getting, like, breakfast or something. Is that is that true?
1: Yeah, pretty special moment. I was a kid. I grew up a Dodger fan. I grew up in L.A., and we went to a restaurant, and Oral Hershiser and Tommy Lasorda were both, at the restaurant and back in the day you had you know polaroid cameras and uh we went to they were done eating and uh went up to them and tommy lasorda took a picture with me and it said to a future dodger tommy lasorda i still have it in my office um you know obviously played with la in 2013 so kind of a special moment meeting tommy and and you know that kind of all going full circle but uh even crazier is oral pick me up and said the same thing on his on on the uh, picture. And I wore a oral or Hershey's back in the day you had like autographs inside your glove. they were already mm-hmm. stamped in there, like an Ozzy Smith or Oral. And I only used Ozzy Smith or Oral Hershey's for gloves. Didn't matter what size they were. That's what I used because Oral was so cool to me. Well, fast forward in two thousand, and and when I got called up, they gave me number fifty five, and I kept it because I wanted Oral's number. Uh, and then fast forward in 2013, I get traded. Um, obviously, Oral is there, um, and you know he throws out the first pitch. I catch it. Um, just kind of a cool moment. All you know, all coming together. And um, you know, from five years old to when I was, I think, 30 years old when I got traded over there. Just uh, kind of a crazy crazy baseball
0: moment it's a great story that's this is how old i am my glove was chris spire he was the shortstop of the san francisco but as a kid you immediately get interested in that player because you buy the glove and you look down like oh i'm gonna read up on this guy and and he was he was a great fielder i was not skip hey thanks so much for your time we'll look forward to seeing you uh when you play the cardinals and we'll be rooting from afar absolutely thanks for having me on overstated, but one of the good guys in sports. Skip Schumacher certainly qualifies. One of the good guys and it's kind of fun to watch his team winning games in an exciting fashion. So, Cardinal fans, I know it's a depressing year so far. Maybe you can watch a Marlins game here or there and be excited for Skip and what they're able to do down in South Florida. Appreciate Skip coming on the show. The Kilquand Conversation presented by the Pasta House. Appliance Discounters triad bank marie de villa senior living all of our segments that we do here posted at scoops with and hopefully loyal listeners to the kill coin conversation also check out on mondays dan mclaughlin and i do great talk we team up on mondays and a lot of it just ends up being broadcast stories random stories whether it's about norm stewart or mike shannon it's It's been a lot of fun. So if you're listening to these segments but weren't aware, go to scoopswithdannymack.com and find those segments of great talk with Martin and Dan. They're pretty evergreen. It's not about the game the night before or the game coming up that night. We usually just end up riffing on a number of topics. So check those out when you can, and I will talk to you again soon.